Welcome to another episode of Navigating the Rise. Uh, today, I have a really awesome guest. I believe it's Angeline Weymeyer on the show. She has been, she has a very interesting story when I heard about it, how she's, a realization with her was that once she got her higher education degree, and one day she started looking for work, and the compensation and a promise of her education degree did not actually plan out the way she thought it was. And from there on, she went through a lot of transformation. It went through in terms of mindset. It went through a different path. So before I go any further, I will have Angeline introduce herself and so that she can showcase what, what her life story is. Thank you so much, George. It's great uh, seeing you at the event. And thank you so much for having me on the show and add value to your audience. My name is Angeline, Angeline Weymeyer. Like George said, I was born and raised in China. I came to the United States 2009. And after I graduated with my master's degree and I start to look for the job, I only got paid the minimum wage. And that was the wake-up call for me that how do I be financial freedom if I only get paid the minimum wage? And there's one book that really changed my life. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. In that book, it, it introduced me to the concept about becoming an entrepreneur and investor. At that time, I don't know how, it seems so far. And I'm very, very proud after my past 10 years of um, trials and error and learning and growing, I finally cracked the code and become a very successful entrepreneur and uh, real estate investor and diversify my portfolio since then. Right now, I have invested over a thousand apartment units in the DFW area. And I also have my own financial firm that I train and develop financial professionals so that they can go out and educate people, provide that financial education and solution for families. So that's a little bit background about myself. Well, that sounds very impressive. And definitely, that's awesome. Um, the fact that I actually read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad too, but obviously I don't think I've taken as far as you have, which is I should probably follow in your first steps. I don't have a thousand apartment units. <laughs> um, and the one thing that really resonated with me when you mentioned that is when you finish higher education and your offers with minimum wage, uh, just kind of put things in perspective. Um, so when I got my MBA, I was interviewing with different companies. Uh, of course, uh, some of them are great, some of them are not great. Uh, but there was one company uh, actually offered me uh, $40,000 a year uh, for salary. And then I was thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Like, is this serious? I was like, are you kidding me? Um, so immediately, I actually said, um, I don't think it's going to work. Here's my rate. Here's what I can deliver for your company. If it's not going to be a good fit, it's not going to be a good fit. But the number is just is a bit way off. Right? I'm happy to explore other alternatives, but just the number alone by itself in a current package, it just doesn't work. Right. So it's just it was like surprising um that they um uh, that that happens. Um uh, so definitely can resonate with that when it comes to being shooed down in that scenario. So I'm also curious now. Uh, from your perspective, you mentioned the rich that poor that change your thinking for to 
employee to entrepreneurs. And I actually agree with you in the fact that the way you look at things is very important because when you look at things a certain way, your actions are becoming different as well. So I'm curious about from your perspective, not the rich dad, poor dad theory, but from your personal experience, what are key mindset changes that happen that allows you to actually venture down that path? Thank you, George, for this question. Actually, the key, the key to success in my own personal um, experience that I always keep an open mind. No matter what opportunity comes to me, I, I always keep an open mind. And I always um, give it a try because um, I always tell myself that when the opportunity comes, right, what do I have to lose? Either I learn something or I earn something. There's no failure in my opinion. That's why over the years I have done many different type of uh, business and whatever it comes to me, I always keep an open mind. That's number one thing. Number two is personal growth. I believe that success is 80% mindset and only 20% skill set. And many people, they have a hard time transition from an employee and build a successful business transition from employee to an entrepreneur. It's most of the people, they they have the employee mindset. My experience is as an entrepreneur, you don't get paid by how many hours you put in. As an entrepreneur, you get paid by what value you add to other people's life. So it's whole two whole different things. And I will say, number one, no matter what comes to you, always keep an open mind. Number two is always growing, always learning. Like today, you may listen to George's show and you are learning something. Or maybe you reading some books or watch some YouTube videos and you are always learning and growing. So that's um, the very, very important. Got it. So so I understand your point about the keeping an open mind. I completely agree because when you have an open mind, you're not placing your personal judgment on the situation. To be honest, even though... Uh, I'm sure you have probably went through this too. So even though that's the mindset, a lot of time there's always that subconscious bias that comes in. You're not, yeah. So you're making judgment, even though you don't think you're constantly making judgment, right? So that happens a lot. And I'm curious about how do you actually trying to minimize the subconscious biases when you say see a new thing, try a new food, a new business opportunity, or just anything in general. Whenever we do something new, there's always a lot of fears. I still remember in 2012 when we moved to Texas, I have this idea. I want to invest in real estate, right? At that time, I don't have any resources, not any knowledge, but I choose to do it anyway. I really fail forward and I do it anyway. And now I become an international speaker. I speak every month in different cities to teach financial empowerment. And by the time I decided to become a speaker and speak in front of so many people, that was very, very nerve-wracking for me as well. And the subconscious mind, over the years, because my background, I only get to see my parents twice a year when I grew up because they have to work for the money. I didn't have a childhood because of money. 
That's why I always play a song, a old song in my subconscious mind that I'm not good enough. I may not have what it takes to to do what I want to do. And how do I overcome it? It's by keep keep pushing myself to the next step. Whenever the opportunity comes, I have fear. I do it anyway, and I go to various、um, personal improvement events, and I grow. I keep growing. I keep growing. So I keep rewriting the story, and I keep rewriting the old story and replace with the new one. And recently, I starting to do some more meditation. I also did the hypnosis、uh, meditation as well. I keep reprogram my subconscious mind, and I believe it's very very powerful. Wow, interesting! You mentioned about reprogramming your subconscious mind. So, so one of the things I do, like you mentioned, when you have fear, I get that a lot too.、Um, so what happened then is I will before I even tackle this thing. I will I will clear my mind and then make a plan. Okay, in a peak optimal state, this is what I would do and lay those out and put it in front of me, and then try to try to basically put that into my subconscious over time. Right. Of course, it takes a while before it actually goes in. And during the actual、uh, institution, while actually making things happen, I know the fear will come up. It will come up all the time. So instead, because I have this plan in place beforehand, I just trust the plan that I have developed when my emotional state was at its peak or the very calm emotional state, and just go forward, even though it may not work out well. But the fact that I know the decision I decide to make back then will be a better decision than the current the situation where I'm full of fear and emotional upheaval. So I do that、uh, both in my you can say professional environment, as well as you can say my personal relationships,、uh, dating as well.、Um, so, so that just recently is pretty interesting. I was on a date with a girl that was super nervous again, super super nervous. But I know there's certain things I should. But basically, I just move forward and knowing the fact that it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I suppose scared that things might not work out. And similarly, in the professional world, say for example, with my podcast. So a lot of times, I have my friend who has wanted to do a podcast for ten over ten years,、uh, but he never made the jump to do it because he want to make sure all the check boxes and everything is good. And so for me, I had a plan. So I, I used to I develop product for companies as product manager. So I really draft a product plan and see what key steps are needed. And so I looked at these are all the big overall key steps. So I know if it launched at least these little things, it will at least launch and at least get listeners. How much I don't know, but I know I always get listeners. So I was like, okay, so it's not perfect, but was, I know I have the basic building blocks. So I just did it and just followed that plan. And there were days where I say, oh, wait, the link is broken. This is broken. Oh no, like, all these obstacles just come your way. But when you have this like beforehand, it actually helps. At least for me. Uh, so completely understand when you say about reprogramming, among other things. So now I want to dig deeper into a bit your background. You mentioned about where you grew up, and so you mentioned you born in China and then moved to the U.S. How do you see the difference in mindset when you, when it comes to say in your case success? Is it similar in the Asian culture as well as the Western culture, or there some differences in terms how both pursue success? I think 
the American culture and Asian culture is very very different. Um, Asian, it tend to be very very driven. <laughs> very driven, like they have a goal. They do whatever it takes to make it happen, right? Um, in the U.S., I I realize it's a little bit relaxed, a little bit casual. Um, maybe it's case by case, but the majority, um, I have seen people pretty content and satisfied with where they at. And Asian, they always looking for the next level. What's the next level? Very, very, very driven. I think that's the one of the cultural difference, right? Um, but I enjoy in the U.S. because I enjoy the freedom. I, I really enjoy the freedom. In the U.S., as long as you have a burning desire, you're willing to do whatever it takes. The skies is your limit. There's no limitation on what you can or what you cannot do, and that's what I love about being in the United States. And you can have a lot, a lot of freedom to pursue your dream, to pursue your career, to to do your own business. So now, kind of flipping it. Flip it back now. Um, so, what based on experience now in both American and uh, Asian culture, what are some of the typical mindset that those people have that can be from that culture specifically that can hamper this mindset shift to success? Very interesting. Um, because I mean, I help people with their finance, right? I teach them how to save and invest their money. And I realized one thing that most of the Asian people they save money, <laughs> really, they save money, and most the uh, how do I say the American people they don't they don't tend to to save money as much as the Asian people do. I think that's one of the interesting um, aspects. Do you know the? Do you have any、mm-hmm. idea what the root cause can be between the Asian Americans in terms of savings rate? I think it's the the culture is Asian. They have the mindset about always prepare the raining day. That's why they save for the future, and with American culture, it's more like a free spirit. <laughs> it's like. Oh no! No, doesn't matter. It it it's okay. It's <laughs> that kind of mindset. Yeah. So would you say like so? In my mind, almost feels like either extreme is not good. <laughs>、uh, yeah, I know, not good. In between,、yeah. it's okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm also more curious about like, you know how the story you mentioned tell tell yourself and how the typical cultures. Um. So yeah, you mentioned there's a specific mindset with success, right? What do you see as normal with the clients or people that you work with from the Asian background? The typical story they tell themselves that's preventing them to move to the next level, and at the same time, what are typical stories the Americans tell themselves that prevent them to move to the next level? With this question, whether you are Asian or America, it doesn't matter. Most of people, there's one thing that's keeping them from getting what they want. It is this one thing. It's I'm not good enough. No matter what story they wrap around this, the root cause it's all about I'm not good enough. And most of most of this mindset coming from how they grew up, 
because just like my personal example, when I was five years old, my parents have to leave me for another country, not the country, the city, to make a living. So I only get to see my parents twice a year when I grew up. And when I grew up, I always ask myself this question: How come I never see my parents? Maybe because I'm not good enough. Maybe if I can study more, I do more, I can gain the love of my parents. And every different people they have different story when they grew up, and then it becomes the subconscious mind to telling themselves that I am not good enough, and that's they have self doubts. When they have self doubts, it's they're not gonna give everything a hundred percent. When you doubt yourself, and actually it's very very hard for you to unleash your true potential. I personally have been struggle with this limiting belief for years, at least for for many many years. Every time I try to reach the next level, and this old story, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy, and I keep playing over and over again. That's why I work on a lot on my own personal mindset, and to rewrite that story, to reprogram my own subconscious mind. And whether you are Asian or you are American, if you want to go to the next level, we need to find a way to、um, to rewrite the old story of that. You are not good enough. Interesting. So that gives me a really interesting perspective because in some of the religions,、uh, in certain branches of Christianity, for example, they have this book, the Bible, right? And different branches of Christianity do things on different extremes. But I know there's one、uh, branch that I, I got accustomed to. Where it talks about every time they go to the church, they're always reminding them that they are a sinner, that they it's a blessing that say Jesus. I'm not preaching religion; I'm just using that as an example. That Jesus died for them, and etc. So like they're not worthy to even be alive, but because of the love that someone else gave them, they're now worthy of it. So in a way, certain certain religions kind of impart in the fact that I'm full of flaws. But people love me anyway, so in a sense, I'm not really worthy. Always, that subconscious is kind of drilled into the back of your mind from religious perspective.、Um, so I'm curious about your perspective on that because when you mentioned that I'm not good and I'm not worthy, in some of the songs and teachings I went through, they were saying, "Yeah, yeah, we are not worthy to have your love. We're not worthy of this." They keep saying that, but thank you for loving us anyway, even though we're all sinners and not worthy of love. Right, so I'm curious about your perspective on that because it's just very interesting. First of all, I'm I'm not talking about religion or and things like that, right? Um, I totally respect any religion that that people have, and in my opinion, I believe everybody it's a miracle. Think about it. No, no parents when the baby was born, they will say, oh. There's the average one, no, right? It's 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 a miracle. Everybody, it's a miracle, and then I believe that every in every single person, there is such a beautiful, beautiful spiritual being. It's like beautiful, beautiful self, 
And I believe everybody is worthy. I believe that everybody has their own unique gift. But sometimes it's very, very hard for for us to see what's the beauty within us, right? For example, George, it's very easy for me to see what is your talent, what is your gift. But sometimes it's very, very hard for you to see that within yourself. Including myself, sometimes my mentor, my trainer, always say, "Hey, Angeline, you are amazing. You you're very great at what you do." And that's what they see within me. But sometimes it's very, very hard for me to see it in myself. Regardless how much I believe in you, regardless how much I believe how much talent you have, but the most important thing is you have to see it yourself. And how do you do that? It's a journey that you gotta discover yourself. I just went back from a、uh, four days. It's a retreat, and we do a lot of meditation. We do a lot of、uh, personal growth, like spiritual level. And then I, I go back when I was in, in my childhood, and I I release the wounded child and become a happy child. So that I can change the story from that I am not good enough into I am worthy. I I am good enough. I have the gift. I have the talent to serve other people. But nobody can do it for you. You have to do it yourself. That's a personal journey that you want to open your mind to it, and then it will come to you. Cool. That's very interesting.、Um, thank you for that as well. Yeah. I think that happens a lot、um, with a lot of people. You can tell them they will be coming in public with so you can say excuses or other things that why things will not work.、Um, so it's definitely great. So I kind of want to jump back a little bit to your first point. You mentioned about the key to success is to keep an open mind and just give it a try.、Um, so in my experiences, maybe I'm an anomaly, but there there will be a point where. It's more. Be- it's more. Be- it's becoming more important to say what to,、uh, what to say no to, than what to say yes to. So, because in my so far in my life now, most people say I regret and do this. I have the opposite problem. I regret did that. <laughs> in my current situation, right, looking back on my life, as opposed to most people, right, most people will have this. Oh, there. They're they're scared to take a chance, so they'll be scared, and they they regret that what things they have not done yet. But in my case, right, I people have told me that George, you're so fearless, just do everything. Like, yeah, of course, life is too short. But at the same time, looking back now, I have I have more regrets on things I have done than things I haven't done. Maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at it the diff in in a wrong way. I don't know if that makes sense because I said yes to so many different things that does that matter to me, whereas I should have said no to these things and really focus on the other areas of my life. So I would say sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Even though the things that you said yes to, it didn't turn out to be a win, but the lesson that you learn from it, it's priceless. So if you ask me, one of the biggest thing that I my mantra in my life is, if I look back in my life, 
what I don't want to leave any regrets on the things I know I can do, but because of fear I didn't do it. Versus even though I did it, I I I fail or I didn't. It it's not a win. I'm okay with that. At least at least I I I did it, and I learned from it. Got it. So I'm also curious now. Obviously, this is not like a therapy or psychology session for the listeners. There's also some of my listeners that are say having low confidence level, which might really say, for example, I'm not good enough. And sometimes in order to protect themselves, they purposely avoid you can say scary situation to protect their emotions. I'm curious about have you ever experienced that personally or with your clients or friends or anything like that? How they're able to come out of that perspective where they move forward despite the potential pain that can cause them. Okay, so they they made a mistake in the past. So now moving forward, they become scared. So they coming from a scarcity mentality versus a abundant mentality. When you made a mistake, like I give you a personal story. I did a flip house. I made a bad mistake on that one. It ended up being a huge loss for me, at least fifty thousand. That was I feel oh at that very bad at that moment. And I can choose to give up, or I can choose to move on. If I I choose to give up because oh my gosh I made a mistake that's why I'm gonna quit, then I will never ever invest in the apartments right now like the deal that I I did right. I will say a true wisdom is when you look at at the past. Experience without any emotional means that think about life is a a river, river, and the river it keeps the water keep floating, right? The past you made a mistake, yes, and it's just like the river of life, it, it's gone. So if you keep holding on to the past mistake, it it's not gonna it's gonna be a A a block on keeping you where do you want to go, versus you look at life as a revolutionized,、uh, not revolutionized, revolutionary journey. Means that there's two key words here. Number one, it's revolutionary. Means that you evolve. The person you made a mistake back then, maybe you're too young, you don't know much about it. That's why you made that mistake. But you evolve. You become. You have more wisdom. You learn from your mistake. You know how to properly handle things, and then you move on. Versus you hang on to those emotional, and then become a scarcity mentality. When you have that kind of mentality, you scared of all the time. You're gonna attract more things that you don't want. Got it. So there's something that I was gonna ask you from your conversation.、It、kind of slipped my mind. I'm sure we'll come back to it. Ah,、um, oh, shoot, it was so good too. The, it's okay. I'm sure we'll come back to it. <laughs> And I, I want to add something. It's just、um, let it go. Like don't hang on to those emotion. Everything happened for a reason. And the reason it's there to serve you. Maybe maybe let's just say you did a bad. 
deal, right? If something happened to you, or maybe you were in a not so good relationship, and maybe that that's meant to happen. Maybe there's just some lesson for you to learn, but it's up to you to figure out what that be. But whatever it happened to you, it's meant to be happen, and it's happened for you, not to you. Yeah, I agree with that、uh, last part. I've been telling everybody that every as well when they say, "Why is this happening to me?" I was like, "Have you thought about it? What if it's happening for you?" <laughs> and it, that one word shifts very quickly because that one word would change your reality very quickly. Ah,、uh, yeah. Oh, I remember my question that I was going to ask you when you're when you're talking about evolving and becoming, letting go, moving on. So. Kind of let's just kind of continue to use real estate as an analogy. So you mentioned that the deal was bad, right? So a lot of time when people invest, whether it's stocks, real estate, relationships, and so on, when something is going bad, they try to hold on. So in this case, for this example, the real estate example, we lost a few thousand dollars. Some people try to hold on, try to make it work, trying to make it、um, positive, in, but while the same, while the time. Potentially missing out other opportunities. I'm curious about how do people actually looking from your experiences be able to move on from that? Because sometimes when something's like a loss, when do you continue to invest more resource into it, and when do you decide to put that in the container, treasure it as a past memory, and move on? Let it go. What what can you do about it? What、well, can can you change the past? You cannot. No. But- uh, let me rephrase my question. Say, say the say the the real estate is fifty thousand dollars underwater, so you're trying to restructure the deal to make it better, right? As opposed to say, you know what, that's too much time. Because most people, when they、uh, have an investment, even like say stock market, if it drops by twenty percent, they say, oh, it'll go, it'll go up, and it keeps dropping, dropping, dropping down to like say ninety percent. Right when they should have just let it go early on, people have a harder time、uh, trying to do that. So when, or the key, we can say for listeners, what are some of the key steps or signs that your resources and time is better spent elsewhere, and not on these current initiatives? Uh, for first of all, in your example, right, I would say learn how to better invest your money. You gotta come talk to me, right? So you don't make those mistakes, right? Um, that's most most people that happens to them. Like they don't know how to invest; they become very emotional. Um, I don't know how to answer that question because that that doesn't apply to me in terms of investment, right? Um, I I believe that when you invest, you're gonna understand the principle about investment. How do you grow your money? How do you minimize your、uh, risk? And how do you minimize the taxes? Once you apply all this in principle, you wouldn't go through those challenges that you just mentioned about, right? And and I before I know anything about investing, I made those mistakes as well, right? I invest, and then they keep going down and going down, and sometimes you gotta just. Made that decision and just stop and move on. So let's 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 take something that's less、uh, abstract, uh, more more abstract actually. 
say relationship, say for example, doesn't have to be romantic. It could be a friendship. Say、so、you invest, you're also investing time right into your relationship. So right, so from that perspective, sometimes you're investing this time to increase the relationship, whether that's through a business or through family or through a romantic interest or through a social gathering. You're actually investing that time, but sometimes that investments. Don't produce the expected return. You can say that from your perspective. Now, as opposed to investments, you can have these taxable losses. You know, there's a formula. But in this case, it's not really a formula. It's more like a social interaction. So I'm curious about how does your perspective apply to this situation. So let me give you a personal story. I. Before I married my husband, my my first relationship, I was in in eight years, right? Yeah, a long time. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. I thought we would have get married and things like that. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. So you're gonna make a decision here. You can continue the relationship. You know that it's not gonna go anywhere, or You choose to move on, so that it creates a better future for for each each of them, right? Because sometimes you don't want to look at, oh my god, I spent eight years with this person, I waste so much time. And how about you think about a different perspective? Wow, the past eight years we have a lot of great memories, even though it didn't work out, but we both grow, we both learn. Maybe. We have each one of a have a better path for us. Making sense? Yeah, because it's not it. It's all about what kind of state you're looking at your experience. Are you looking at your suffering state? Means that you're looking at it's a wasting time. It's blah 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 a negative emotion, right? Or you're looking at it from a beautiful state. Means that well, it didn't work out. But、um, we have great memories, and I learned a lot, so that I can grow better and I can be a better person for my next relationship. So whatever you do, it's all about what state that you're making that decision, either from a beautiful state or from a negative suffering state. That's very helpful. That's great. That's very. I'm sure listener appreciate that as well.、Um, So I kind of want to go into the last segment of the episode, which is usually ending with a quote.、Um, so in this case, it, it's the, it's about buying things. So it's very interesting. This one says, "Don't haggle too much. Let the seller make a profit. Even if you walk away with a bargain, the seller's look of disappointment spoil, spoils both、uh, spoils both things. Both sides should end up satisfied." I'm cur. I'm curious about your perspective about this. I always be- believe in win-win situation. <laughs> that's me. I that's um, I believe that it it's always gonna be a win-win situation collaboration versus I win you lose or you lose I win. No, I. That's how not how, how I do business. I always um looking at it. How do you add massive value to your Clients and、um, create a win-win situation, because if it's win-lose, 
it will create a lot of um it's not not a very good experience it's in a suffering state i like to create a beautiful state that you win i win we both get what we want it's good i remember when i was studying abroad in asia um back then that's over 10 years ago actually uh where people will ne- negotiate on the smallest things um i remember back then there's a lot of shops especially the some of the fake products in asia right there, there's, there's a wide range of negotiation that goes in um well they're all trying so i know i'm gonna come up with my friend they're all trying to get the best price and then i was and at that point i was like wait it only cost me an extra us dollar right more it's not gonna make that much of a difference to me and it's already like 90 cheaper than what you can buy in the states I don't need to like save another like a dollar and just it's like whatever just another dollar and our friends no you have to get the best possible as low as possible and then so that that was uh very interesting for me so some there all people there's some people that believe that if they don't get the best possible they will actually feel sad so there's actually been a study has been done in negotiation so you present a fair offer right say so present a fair offer And if the if the other party accepts the first offer, the person who make the offer will feel bad about themselves because they thought they could get more, even though it could be the in truth, that's the best offer they can get. But they will think to themselves because the first offer was accepted, they missed out. <laughs> so it's very interesting. So I'm curious now, from your perspective, uh, for people who wants who are focused more on win lose, and you're focused on win win. I'm sure in your experience you have come across these kind of people. I'm curious about how do you deal with them in terms of interactions among other things. I don't even deal with them at all. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Please, no, I, I don't in. like to deal with the people that. Um, I don't. I don't like to be around with those people in my inner circle. Please share more information. Like when you say that, um, if you have a story that you can mention, I don't need to know the names. Just a story about what happened, like that, as an example of a win-win and a win-lose interaction. I don't think I ever encountered a win-lose situation. Um, like like I said, you you attract what you attract. You know. I mean, let me when you let me rephrase my question. Huh? My question is more about. You encounter a dinner party, you notice right away that person's win lose. What traits give that away where you stop the interaction? I just, I don't even want want to do business with them at all. <laughs> very simple, yeah, yeah. It's very simple. I don't even do business. Period. Yeah. So I'm also so for people who just starting business on their own. I'm also curious about your perspective because in the beginning, people who have recently started a business, they mentioned that, "Hey, income is tight. I need to just take whatever I can get." So, for people who just started out their businesses, would you still have the mentality moving forward, or would you say, "Oh, just take it because you need the income, and as your business expands, they can start cutting out the bad customers?" I'm curious your yeah. thought process. It doesn't matter where you just start out or you being in the business long time. You get what you tolerate. 
you get what you tolerate. If you can tolerate that type of people, you will attract more of those people, right? But if you can hold your standard, and this is it. This is how I do business. I do it with honesty, integrity, and this is the price. This is the service. Um, that's the best I can do. It doesn't matter. You start out or in the business long time. We don't need to bag people for their business. I believe you attract the right client. You attract the right business partner. Got it. Cool. So sounds good. So we just want to close things off. There's a lot of great takeaways from Angeline. So thank you so much. Uh, so there are a couple of things I mentioned. Actually, there are a lot of points. Uh, first is that the key to success is to have an open mind. And just give things a try. You don't. You can learn, or you cannot, or uh, or not. So it's just an experience that you never had. And then also that mindset is eighty percent versus the skill set, which is twenty percent. So a lot of times people prioritize skill set over mindset when opposite is more true. And then another thing we mentioned is there's a lot of of Asian American culture where there where Asians tend to have more driven in terms of hardworking, etc., where U.S. has more freedom expression. So if we can take both of those best attributes and merge into one, that would be great. And then lastly, the fourth point is that there's always a constant story of people who are not at the next level yet is that they have this doubt that I'm not good enough based on past traumas, past experiences. And until we can rewrite that subconscious, it's almost like people are self-sabotaging themselves. I can't even attest to that myself. I self-sabotage myself sometimes. Um, we all yeah. do. I did that all. Yeah, I used to do that. So, uh, from so because of that, uh, so these are the three four main points. Curious, Angelina, there's anything else that you'd like to add? That I think you cover everything. Yeah, and then oh, another thing I like to add is whatever you do, um, come from a beautiful state. Versus the suffering states. Cool, that sounds great. So, also for listener who wants to reach you, how can they best reach you, Angeline? If um now you can connect with me with all of my social media, uh, check out my website, angeline360.com. It's a n g e l i n e, three sixty dot com. Cool, awesome. Thank you so much, Angeline. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me at the show. I really enjoyed talking to you. If you like this episode, please, please leave an honest feedback and tune into the next episode.